Welcome back. Diary of a Therapist. Therapists. There's multiple in the room right now. We're so excited to have um, a longtime friend of mine, um, Reverend, should I call you Reverend? Reverend Cameron Hunt. That's old school right It's there. old school. Reverend. Yeah, Cam and I met actually about 17 years ago. Oh my gosh. I know, don't say it. We're too young for this. But um, <laughs> 17 years ago at Gateway Church, and mm -hmm. um, I got to serve with Cam. He was doing youth ministry at the time and got to serve with him. But as time has gone on, his passion for helping people has always been present. But it, you see, he's like a magnet whenever you see him in public. Aww. It's like, like the people just are drawn to him and, and want to bear their soul all the time. So then he decided to come to the King's University to study counseling. So he is in his practicum and yeah. finishing it up. But Jessica and I decided to bring him on because mm. he's had many years as a pastor and obviously now learning ethical things as a student and as a licensed professional, mm. he has danced. I always say this phrase. Do you say this too? Because you'll probably say yes because you seem to like say all the I things know, I intrigued. say in my brain. I always like say it's like dancing on dental floss because Ooh. it's like such a thin line in the middle. I like it. And did you I, make that up? I did. I've never heard that before, it's but so I like funny. it. You it's can like steal dancing it. on I'm dental floss. Dancing on dental floss because uh, that's genius. It's so thin. Like and Cam yes. sits on this thin yeah. line, and Ugh. so our last session was on boundaries <laughs> and just how um, how we set them, all the things, and I think people in ministry who might be interested in counseling or even people who've been in counseling by people in ministry. There's just a lot of, of areas where I think this touches. If you are a pastor right mm -hmm. now, I'm just listen, just listening to these ladies before <laughs> the sessions. I want you to know you are past a boundary right now, <laughs> <laughs> right now, whatever you're doing, <laughs> you've already violated. You've already violated <laughs> a boundary. I just want you to know. Mm. I just want you to know. And it's okay. And we're here for you <laughs> to bring you back. But yeah. wait, is it okay? Is it okay? Ooh. I'm asking. Am Good I question. now asking the questions? You can ask the questions. <laughs> Do you know what's interesting? I think we have a, a, a series coming up on spiritual abuse. Yeah. And so it's like, I don't want to teeter too far into that because, mm. you know, I'm so passionate about that. I could go. That's going to be really good. It's going to be really good because I think, is it ever good? I think it causes harm just the same as a violation of a clinical boundary can yeah. cause harm to not only the pastor slash therapist, but also the church member slash client. Yes. Like I yes. think everyone is, could be adversely or negatively affected through it. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think I'll take that one step further and say that in the same way for a clinician, if we're functioning outside of the scope of what our skill set is, right? That yeah. is equally has the potential, well, it, it is damaging, right? And so when we're talking about that dental floss line for pastors, how do you know where your responsibility begins and ends um, especially for people like Cam who are now trying to balance yes. both, yeah, you know, and I think there are a lot of pastors that have a heart for counseling ministry, you know, that um, maybe don't have that equipping and they want it, they, their heart's in the right place, but how do they protect themselves? How do they protect the people that maybe they've been entrusted with through upper level, you yeah. know, executive pastorships that are saying, please, can you like help? Because we don't know what to do. And of the people that are here, you look like you'd be a good fit for it. I don't know. Have you ever had those experiences, Cam, where it's yeah. just like, You'd be a good fit. Just handle it. <laughs> yeah. Well, what you kind of piggyback on what you were saying, it um, 
you are you are placed in a position of power mm, like yeah. you you're given mm -hmm. that power and then people give you mm. the power to speak into wow. them if i'm unhealthy as a leader I'm going to pass that on wow. to somebody else. I'm oh, going to give good. I'm going to give, give that it. to when somebody you, else. But the way he says that is like so powerful when you think about it, they give it they just hand it right over. Right. They where, hand you yeah. power. Where therapeutically you're feeling like you're earning it. I feel like oh. that. Oh my gosh. Right? You're coming into session yeah. with me and I am building I have to earn it. this bridge to earn your trust in this setting. Oh my gosh. So that's interesting to hear from a pastoral perspective where you're saying they're just getting Please help me. Just I'm going to give this to you. It's so funny Ooh. hear from y'all who are super seasoned. I'm sitting with a, I'm sitting with doc, just so y'all can't see this. I'm sitting with two super powerful women and it's intimidating. Oh. I'm like I feel like I'm like little Simba among oh uh, two lionesses. <laughs> no, I just want y'all okay. to know I'll I'm take Simba. It, lioness. I'll uh, take that anyway. Y'all I'm Thank just in anyway. Okay. So but you have a lot of expertise. Hold on, I, I, go ahead. You were. Gonna I, I was going to say. I, I was going to. I forgot what I was going to say because I was complimenting y'all so hard that I forgot <laughs> what I was going to say. Um, how about them giving you? You were saying how they give you the power. They, they do. They, and then they, we have to earn it as therapists. Oh yes. When you were when you're talking about earning, I, I have trying. I have been trying to figure out what I'm trying to do in those sessions mm. with people now knowing what I know uh -huh. I'm trying to earn mm -hmm. I'm trying to earn uh, access access whereas as a pastor people wow. were giving it and, and so it, there's something about having to work for it that's different Ooh. than if it was that's given good. to you that'll preach right there True. there's something about that like I have to earn it. I have to work. Mm -hmm. When it's different, it's probably very different than the people who would come in before your pastoral right. counseling, or they're coming in to see Pastor Cam, and they're just like, "Here, it all is. I'll lay it all out." I can abuse. I can abuse you. you. Can, I can you hurt can. you. You can. Yeah. If I just, if you just come in and you're just like, "Hey, you're a pastor," automatically you must be good. No, mm. no, 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 no. Oh. Pastors should have to earn it too. There's Jessica's it's better. Duck, duct taping my mouth as we speak because I could say so many <laughs> oh, things I agree. about this right now. I'm just zip. Next episode, I can't wait. Uh, Y'all, I don't know if it'll be next episode, but we we got to really Whenever gear the, up, pray up. Yeah. Be ready to talk. Whenever about the episode happens, it's going to be really good. Anyway, mm. but I have um, a question for you. Go ahead. What so you you're in this place where mm -hmm. people are giving you you know whatever they're giving you their trust and you're in there you're you're working with people. What made you feel like you wanted to pursue a clinical licensure or a clinical degree? I I'll just tell you the the situation. The situation was I was freshly into uh, being a pastor. I didn't know I didn't know how to do it. I didn't know what to do. I was hired because I had a great heart. That's what they told me. They're like, hey, listen, we can teach you. We can teach you how to be a leader, but you have something we can't mm -hmm. teach. And it was, yeah. you love people, you have a heart. True. And that's true. You know, I bleed for people. So um, they brought me on. And then as the church grew, as the church grew, they said, hey, listen, our uh, capacity to, uh, to take people who are coming to us who need counseling or pastoral or biblical counseling, 
it's exceeded us. We, we can't do it anymore. So all of you pastors, everybody who's on staff. <laughs> all y'all. All y'all. As they say in Texas. <laughs> all y'all. What you're going to do is you're going to clear an hour in your schedule and we're going to send people uh, because our our main department is we're in overflow. So you pastors, y'all are going to get the overflow. And so <laughs> we would <laughs> so we would many uh, thoughts. I know. <laughs> <laughs> so you're going to you're going to get the overflow. So I every for uh, once a week. I did a really bit bad job oh. of counseling people. So once a week, someone would come into the office and would sit there in front of me, a pastor, who they thought had some type of credential to counsel with them. I had no credentials. Wow. It's not funny, but I love how he says it. It's <laughs> like, they thought. They <laughs> <laughs> They did. Well, they thought they, they were didn't sorely mistaken. They're like, hey, listen, you're, you're going to meet with Pastor Cam. And they're going to be mm-hmm. like, oh, man, that, 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 wow, that, that, that sounds yeah, official. Legit. That's legit. That sounds legit. Little did they know. <laughs> Little wow. did they know that I didn't have. Yeah. The only thing I had <clears throat> was my ability to say, I'll pray for you. Mm-hmm. I didn't have anything mm-hmm. practical mm-hmm. to give these people. So I would watch couples literally break up in my office argue and point the finger and i know it happens in clinical situations yeah but i had never seen it happen uh in you know in an uh like like this and then people would leave and then other people who are outside my office they would be looking at me like hey did it was what the heck went on in there and i'm like i have no idea but I said I would pray for you. And I and I look back and I'm like, that's all I really had. Am I saying that God is not big enough? I'm not no, saying that. No. I'm saying that we were put in precarious situations. I was put in a precarious situation where I didn't know how to handle something that should have been handled clinically. Yeah. You know, what's interesting that I hear through that so much and just feel free to weigh in too. But it's like your heart that has weighed on you heavy to the point where you i mean this is years ago years ago we're talking 15 years ago Mm -hmm. that you are still burdened with the drive and the push to want to be better 100 so that tells me a lot about what brought you here to tku and well i'll tell you what um i wanted to be the best Mm. pastor yeah I wanted to. I wanted to be the. I wanted to be the best pastor, best minister, that I could be. If that. If I'm going to work at a church, I'm like, man, I'm going to be the best at it. And I'm, I'm. And now I look back in retrospect, and I'm like, I loved people, but I could have given them a quality of care that was on a that was on another level. And I feel like, was I trying to hurt people? No. And if you're out there, you're listening to this and you're like, hey, I know somebody that's in this situation. Uh, I'm, I wasn't trying to no, hurt people. No, not intentional. At not all. intentional. There's no in, there's no intention in that. But you could do unintentional mm-hmm. damage mm-hmm. to people by um, one thinking that you are something that you are not and. I don't think pastors are counselors. 
I think they should be. So I, you're going to be. So I'm going to a be counselor a counselor who is a pastor. Who is a pastor? I'm going to be a counselor who is uh, who also is a pastor, and I think uh, they, those two need to be combined because mainly uh, I'm called the sh- shepherd people, a pastor. Mm-hmm. That's all you're doing. You're leading people. Well, I'm not saying I was a I'm not saying I was a bad leader. I'm saying that people came to me with intricate situations in their life that I had no answer to other yeah. than, "Hey, let me I will pray for you." And I think that God has given us the ability to um he gave he gave me a brain and he gave me uh the the ability to reason. I think that I can practically help people even more if I have the training yeah. to do it. And I think pastors should be counselors yeah. and counselors should be pastors. You know, what I think is fascinating about what you're saying that I don't know that I've ever thought about before today in listening to you is that you're talking about that you think that there are counsel- there are pastors that should be counselors or vice versa. Like there are counselors right. that are called into pastoring. There are pastors that are called to be counselors. That there's there's a space in the church for, for that to be one and the same. Yes. What I wish would happen, if I could wish. Please wish. Is I wish that there was an understanding <laughs> of in pastors, because I feel like counselors understand that there are some pastors that are equipped for counseling yeah. that can maybe be educated in that. What I wish would happen is that <laughs> there were more pastors that understood that there are counselors that are equipped for pastoring. Well, right. That like I went <laughs> and I was educated for all of these number of years, but I'm not just doing this on a psychological right. perspective. <clears throat> I, it's not all clinic brain, but I have a heart for people. And I feel like at least for me culturally, I was born in Texas. I've been here my whole life. I've been in and out of all kinds of crazy church settings. Maybe yeah. one day we'll talk about that. But <laughs> I feel like what's happened that I have seen in my own personal life, so this is not researched out, but that there has felt as a counselor that there was opposition that I encountered yeah. Yeah. with pastors where I'm like, I'll refer to a pastor for spiritual matters. I don't have a problem with that at all. But I do have a problem whenever I'm working with a couple that is in crisis and they're trying to listen to their pastor yeah. over their counselor yeah. and that there isn't better continuity of care, that there isn't some of the best pastors that I have worked with on the behalf of my clients that have established continuity of care have come and they've deferred in the areas that they did not know. They're like, I don't know how to handle this. Mm. So there's beauty in that for me. I think there are necessary, um, pastors provide a necessary role in the community, Mm. but I really do wish that pastors had a better understanding that so do we. And that if there was a better balance yeah. in the way that pastors saw counselors and then in some places counselors yeah. saw pastors, we would be better equipped mm-hmm. to reach a generation of people that are really broken and really confused. I have counseled so many people that are faithful Christians that are faithful in their churches that have been led to believe that seeking counseling is bad, is sinful, yeah. oh is gosh. not trusting Jesus. Oh sin help. Right? And so they, they defer to their pastors, like, and what you're saying is, I've asked more than one time of my own clients, what yeah. type of training or backing does your pastor have to be able to navigate right. you through this? Mm. You know, and I think there are some <laughs> really wise pastors like you, Cam, who are saying, I-, I didn't know what I was doing. And man, I madly respect that you're brave enough just to say, I didn't know, but you were put in a position where there was duality of, um, uh, of trauma that occurred, yeah. right? Yeah. I imagine mm-hmm. if we interviewed some of those people, someone would say, yeah, that was hard for me. And here's why, because I had this expectation. Mm-hmm. I, I gave him 
this part of me and it didn't feel like you knew what to do with it. Mm. And then obviously these stories have stuck with you as well where you're saying they gave some part of themselves to me that I didn't earn and then mm. I didn't feel equipped for that. So now what do I do with yeah. it? And that's part of what Cass and I want to be able to do on a larger scale is to begin to minister to those yeah, pastors and yeah. say, let us equip you better for this, whether or not you're a counselor or not. If you can learn those boundaries, if you can figure out how I am gifted, that's different than you. And we can learn to appreciate those yeah. differences. Mm. Then we're better suited for the community, even the church community as a whole. No, that's so true. Lioness. Yeah. Mm. Well, you, you know what? That? I was Lioness. talking to a... I was talking to someone Beast. the other day about an abusive church situation, just mm. with church rehab and like some of the stuff that I have. Again, we keep teetering close to this line because it's so passionate for us, but yeah. um, is how the only threat to some pastors is mental health professionals. It's true. Because yeah. mental health professionals are the only people that could take them down. <laughs> Which is true, because we're going to call it out. I'm going to say that again. Mental health professionals uh -huh. are the only people that could take them down. Why? Because we're trained and equipped and educated to see insecurity, to see narcissism, right. to see a bipolar, to That's see right. depression, anxiety, to see what is being manifest in a person that then is trickling down into a congregation. Absolutely. And so we pose a threat. And so I think a lot of times you are an enigma in a sense in that a pastor that's joining the clinical forces, <laughs> you know, in the sense of being trained, getting a master's degree, getting a license. And so I think, you mm. know, just the takeaway from this, chat I, I, is a lot. I mean, we could probably talk for two or three hours. We won't, don't worry. But is <laughs> what are the boundaries that <coughs> people in ministry need as well as what are the boundaries that people clinically mm -hmm. need? I mean, you already said something is like, how can we work cohesively mm -hmm. as a unit? I think that's the number one thing to see is if you have a client or a couple or a kid or whoever, a family that's involved in church and the pastor's involved, how do we create continuity of care across the board? How do we get HIPAA release forms mm -hmm. for the pastors and the mm -hmm. people in ministry as well so that we're able to communicate with them and provide a treatment plan that extends across? Mm -hmm. listen, it, it, listen, if you were going to, as a pastor, give people the best care you want to really care for people you get some you get some people who are in the counseling field to come and train your staff mm. on how to do it i'm begging you whoever is listening to this right now if you are a pastor if you uh, are the head pastor if you're uh, pastor, pastor in this field, you know a pastor. If you smelled a pastor. <laughs> if you rhyme with pastor, if your <laughs> name is Caster. Then do it. I, I'm Please. telling you right now, and I'm not saying this to sell a product. I'm not trying to sell a product. I'm not trying to sell a person. We currently I'm have saying, no product. <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying you hire mm -hmm. a counselor, mm -hmm. someone you know, these ladies that, that are talking right here, and you say, Teach our pastors how to be count, how to counsel, clinically. how to clinically, ethically, ethically sound, sound, yes. sound mind, mm -hmm. soundly mm -hmm. teach them how to spot some of the things yeah. that you're saying, because everything is not just, hey, uh, 
you know, you can't just Jesus juke everything. Well, it's true. You just can't throw it on. It's hey, I'm going to. It is breaking. I'm going to. Hey, give it to give it to God. Hey, listen, there are some times where I pray for some things. I'll give you an example. My son was born cleft lip, cleft palate. I prayed I was that there. he. You I were there in the hospital. I I prayed mm-hmm. that he would be healed. He was not healed. Mm-hmm. He was not healed. If a pastor would have came and told me all I needed was faith. Mm-hmm. Hey, all you needed would be how was your faith? Your faith where wasn't would up. your relationship? Where would my relationship with mm-hmm. God be? Well, that's where the spiral happens, Kim. I mean, we hear those stories every day. Every day, where what people believe. Lisa Turquoise talks about this in one of her books. She said, "I believed in a, a do good, get good philosophy or theology of Christianity." I don't know exactly how she said it, but it's that type of theology of like, it's "I did changed. good, so I get mm-hmm. good." Mm. Whenever something bad happens in a person's life that's tried to do good. It doesn't right? compute. And it spirals, and then they have a person that comes in that's been a in a position of authority, that's had unearned access right, to places well. in these people's lives. And they come in and they say, right, just pray, or I'm going to pray with you, or we're going to believe for blank. And then that does not happen. Well. Right? There is, for us, right, there's this accountability, right? Yeah. There is this accountability that I think that those pastors should have to those individuals that are walking through that hellfire. Yeah. And yeah. realize like the, their relationship with God is likely under assault in that moment. Yeah. I work with parents well, that have lost children. Yep. And I have heard countless, countless stories about how pastors just flat out don't know what to do. And, and that breaks my heart for them, for those families, for those pastors too. But also in those situations where it's like the pastor's trying their best, well-intentioned, well-meaning, right? <laughs> you know, maybe saying some cliche phrase or, or giving some scripture or referring them to a particular worship oh song. And gosh. I'm like, you are going to create a, a an incredible spiral because they can't anchor to that right now. Because right now, the God who they believe that this is good, that is this powerful, yeah. that is this uh, this miracle work in God, which I believe in that God, yeah. right? That That God doesn't feel like he can be accessed right now. So in those situations where a pastor just comes in and says, hey, just pray. Hey, just. What's I, shame? You just gave a dose of shame it. to the person because right. you're basically like, it's on you. Right. Yo. And so then it's, if I just did better, if I just prayed yeah. harder, if I just believed more, yep. if I just had more faith. Yeah. How many times? How many times? How many times did I say this yeah. sitting in front of people and like not it, it didn't get healed or somebody got, you know, divorced or whatever. And I'm like, man, what did I. I, I didn't say the right combination oh, of wow. words that reach God's ears. And recently oh. I felt like I felt like God was saying this to me. And God was like, I'm not a genie in a bottle. Right. Well, do you want a relationship with me? Or do you yeah. want to or do you want a lad? You know, yeah. what do you I'm not a genie in the yeah. bottle. And I was like, God, OK, I, I love you for who you are. More yeah. than whatever way you manifest, whatever you yourself. manifest, your, mm-hmm. I, I, I love mm-hmm. you for who you are because God was like, do because I was like, what I want to be treated like that yeah. when I want to give me, I need, I need, I need, do I want that to happen to me? And God's like, I'm not a genie in a bottle, and I'm like, okay, God, I get it, okay, 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 yeah. Yeah. Get off of me. I'm, I'm all right. I'm fine. I'm fine. Yes, he you're does, right. You're right. You. But you know what? It's commended, Cam, that you are equipping yourself. And I feel like you've really led yes. and or you've followed the lead and the call on your life to come higher in the clinical arena because mm-hmm. I think there's so much that will be used through you. I want to talk about Thank one thing before we end. No, I want to talk about one thing. So you were telling us a scenario. Yep. So I have the privilege of teaching Cam at the King's University, and he was just sharing a case with me um, earlier where um, 
the things that would be accepted as a pastor or as someone that was your church colleague are not things that would be accepted and or expected as a clinician. Yeah. So, um, and I think sometimes mm. clinicians blurry that line too, but it's like you were talking about a client reaching out to you on your Facebook. <laughs> oh, yeah, can you just tell us, can you tell a little bit of the story? To yeah, like, it's a good one. Good. Well, and uh, I, I will say this, we just want to say one disclaimer is that anytime we share a story, we are protecting the identity of the people absolutely. that we see. And, and even if we joke or make light, um, we love the people that we see and there's not any ill intent. So we might laugh or, or say something, but the reality is we care about these people right, or we wouldn't right. even have their stories in our hearts, in our minds, in our ability to want to do better, want to think about it. But I just want you to know that we, uh, we have the utmost respect for the clients that we see and we're doing everything in our power to change um, any identifying information just to protect them and their yeah. stories and what they've trusted us with. Yeah, so and we're changing things as well. There, a lot of the stories that you're going to get are yeah. um, stories that maybe Cass has had a client and I'm going to tell the story vice versa. We're going to do some things to make sure that there's no connection yeah. um, where, where we're doing our due diligence to make sure there's no way that um, any of those stories would ever feel like a violation of yes. our own client's confidentiality because that is – of supremo importance to us that our clients are protected yeah. as we do this. So, uh, so, so I'll recap your, your story. Yeah. You were telling me, so there's a husband, or I'm sorry, they're not even married. They're a, a couple. So you, you seem to get the couples. You They love you, Cam. C- couples come to me. They do. Yes, they they do. love you. You couples look like you know what you're doing. Well, it's because you've been married to Kendra how long? 23 years. 23 years, uh-huh. see? Mm. Um, okay, so yep. Couples coming to you, they want to work on their relationship, not sure if marriage is on the table. They decide to take a little break, mm-hmm. and then they um, move move apart. They're living together, so they move apart. Yep. And then they decide to come back together and try to make it work again. Yep. And now what happens? So they try to come back together, and then uh, oh, and I, I know you are talking about this case. I would just like everyone to know, all you pastors, you pay attention to this because I got rebuked by these ladies, <laughs> and uh, you about to he get got rebuked. rebuked offline by the both offline. Of us. I got rebuked. Rebuked. Get behind me. It's okay. Uh, is what happened. So here's what happened, and this is this is so good. This is such a learning opportunity. This is why this podcast is so important. You. This is huge. Uh, they got back together. Something happened over the holidays. They they split up. The uh, female uh, messaged me and said, "Hey, I was gonna schedule a um, a couple session, but we are uh, something happened, and it's just going to be me." She messaged me on Facebook, <laughs> and then. We need I a said, button, like a, uh, yeah, oh, like Lord. the tap. Like your sounds. Let's just okay, your sounds. And then uh, later on, same day, I get a message from the guy the and he from the gentleman, and he said, "Hey Cam." And then when I saw that, "Hey Cam," I was like, "Oh no, wah <laughs> wah, here we go." Here so we he go. messaged me, and then he told me about why the reason they uh, went their separate ways, yeah. and I messed up and. Started to get into a conversation with him. That is my pastor's heart. Well, okay. well let's not say, let me rephrase this. You didn't mess up. You were functioning under the guidelines that were acceptable as a pastor. Yeah. 
And I think that's the thing that's so tricky. And I just want to say this, like I have taken students to the state board. I have, um, I have been to the state board meetings in Texas and social media violations are real for therapists. So Mm. I just want to let you know, like that is something that can get you in trouble and can become a slippery slope. But for you, you were following the pastor's thing that would be normal. It would be normal for yep. you to, mm. right? Yep. Oh, to 100%. just talk to him on Facebook. No big oh, yeah. Deal. But clinically, Jess and I are both cringing. Oh, absolutely. We're <laughs> cringing over here. <laughs> oh, like, five, what? Oh, yes. Giving him all the, I think Jess said, um, well, I found seven things <laughs> I could comment on just in that one case alone. Oh, my goodness. I didn't comment on all seven. Well, listen, she we're to, we are going a little to. long on this because we could talk for hours, the three of us. But our next episode in the series is actually a current event, and we've invited Pastor Cam to stay with us and um, and share what? some of his um, thoughts on it. So we will, um, you will hear more from him in the next episode, but we're so thankful that you're listening, that you're here. And you know, my dream is, to, and so is Jess's, to have all the questions. Yeah. All the questions. So we want to have an episode of just answering your questions. So look in the show notes or you can reach out to us on on um, the ways that you see there at the podcast and we're most happy to answer your questions and we will love to even answer them on the next episode after we talk about a current event. 